Knowing that you're here, it's it's a blessing. Yeah. And I go back to the other sensation because I could be dead. Yeah, I get it. So it's just knowing that I'm here right now, how lucky am I to be there in that cockpit yeah. or right now here in this interview. So it started develop, developing a sense how fortunate I am to have this human experience right now. Yeah. And that comes also back to then I don't have to plan that much because the, this moment is more than enough. Wow, wow. But I, I will never forget his eyes yeah. and the pain that I saw in that moment in that beautiful man. Yeah. And how much suffering he had been going through this uh, experience. And he told me I, something that I will never forget. All my life they have told me that I have to be successful, powerful, a millionaire, and have as many women that I want. Today I have it and they want to medicate me. This is not fair. Yeah. What is love? What is love? That's an amazing question. For me, love is the true essence of who I am that I have forgotten but I came to this human experience to remember everything. Wow. You know what? Sometimes I get something from the person that I'm interviewing that I just think is a wow. I think that was a wow. <laughs> And every time I hear a wow, I've got to ask them to repeat it, please. For me, love is the essence of who I am and I have forgotten and I'm here to remember that through my human experience. Yes, hi and welcome folks to yet another episode of A Journey with Bernie and I'm so delighted that you've joined us today because this episode, and I know I say it every time, but this one has enormous difference. For example, I don't think I've ever interviewed someone and, Maida, I need your help, please. How do you pronounce your profession? I've got tantrica. How did I go? <laughs> More or less. It's a good try. <laughs> But you're also a healer. Yeah. Tell me, what the, what's a healer all about? What does a healer do? A healer? Well, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure, I would, I would real really pleasure. I want to start with that. And also thank you very much for opening these spaces for us to communicate and to share our work, our path and our passions. I, I really appreciate these spaces and I love them, especially when we come to Tantra. Uh, you have to be very brave to open these doors. So thank you for these very brave spaces. I'm, I'm feeling courageous, <laughs> but I don't know what doors I'm great, opening. Great, great. You're going to need that courage in this path. You will always need courage in the tantric path. And coming back to your question, what is a healer? A healer is somebody that allows you to see your wounds. Yeah. And for me, it's to help you. Heal by yourself. Well, this podcast could go on for three hours if you're trying to heal my wounds. <laughs> if we try to heal anybody's wounds, it could take a lifetime and it's a lifetime process. And sometimes you 
match with some teachers for some times, then you have another healer and then you have another path, another yeah. idea. Yeah. But I do believe that is a life journey. Yeah. The wounding and the healing. Yeah. Hopefully we will always find the correct people that will come with us in that journey. And that is fascinating to even talk about a life's journey arriving at um, a better place, a, uh, um, a, a space where life is maximized and one is discovering, you know, the greatness of themselves. Mm. How did I go there in describing an outcome of that journey? That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I love this aspiration. Yeah. Uh, and it's important to have a vision or, of where we want to go, who I we want that. to become in this life. Yeah. I like this comes a lot from Buddhism and it's their first teaching. There is suffering in this human experience. Yes. You will experience suffering. And for me as a tantrika is you will experience suffering. Who do you want to become mm. once it's over? Wow. Once the next way of suffering comes, do not lose your sight. Who do you want to become? Love that. Love that. Love that. And, and so what I'm sensing here, dear listeners, and, and already you might be sensing it, that compared to previous episodes of A Journey with Bernie, we've got an, an, another element, a, another contribution to the journey of becoming a more loving human being, of finding greater inner happiness and bringing more meaning to our, our humble lives. So, so where did I meet uh, Maida? And by the way, her real name is Maida Reyes. Reyes? Reyes. Reyes. <laughs> and that is from Mexico. Yes, and Reyes means, means kings. You mean you're a king? I, uh, I'm from the family of the kings. Wow. And that's what I work with, kings, right? So. How did I meet you? Well, we need to thank Florian and Vicky from a previous episode. Now, Florian and Vicky became reasonably good friends of yours, mm -hmm. and I understand that you met them in French Polynesia as you too were sailing across the Pacific. Were you headed for Australian shores, or did that happen through osmosis? No, I was heading to Australia okay, already, yeah, so we yeah. were following more or less the same path yeah. and I had the blessing and the honor to meet them. Yeah. We became very good friends and we're continuing to be good friends. We are planning to meet sometime soon Lovely. and I hope that they will be in my life all the time. And for me, Vicky was my mentor all the time sailing. I had never sailed before. Wow. And every single question I had around not only sailing, but stuff that goes on on the boat, like my clothes are humid. What should I do? Should Your clothes go? are yes, humid. It's like, because weird <laughs> things happen, no? I think one day I called her like, I want to exfoliate my feet. And I don't know if I'm going to clog the drain because I'm going to use sugar and honey and lime. And she was like, okay, do it, but do it on the transom. Ah, okay. Thank you very much. So she really helped me solve daily issues that we have as women. Yeah. So I, I was living with my partner Yeah. and he did not have an answer to these questions. Like, how am I going to deal with waxing or how am I going to deal with cooking or how I'm going to freeze stuff, right? So she became... 
a very helpful teacher and mentor. I am laughing because I've got this picture of you wanting to do all these things that you might do at your home in Mexico, and you're wanting to try to repeat those on a boat coming across <laughs> the Pacific. Is that the way it, 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 it was? You, you, you create some new abilities. Yes. But you keep... Basically, you do keep doing the same things that you have done yeah. in a different way. Yeah. But you've landed here in Australia. Mm -hmm. And uh, are you here for long? Are you going back to Mexico sooner than later? Or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this has become a journey where I'm just surrendering to whatever is happening. Yeah. I was not planning to stay in Australia. Yeah. And different circumstances, all of a sudden, it became like the best idea possible for me yeah. to stay here. Yeah. So as long as I can do it legally and my visa is here, okay. I will stay here. Yeah. I will continue to travel. Yeah. So I am more or less flowing and coming where people invite me or where I'm feeling called to go. Yeah. Uh, trying to explore a different kind of life. Yeah. With less planning, more flowing. Yeah. And with less expectations also on the outcome. So... I am doing basically, and this stress a lot of people, they want to know, where are you going next? I don't know where I'm going to spend this weekend. Yeah. But I will figure it out. Why are you exploring these possibilities? Why are they important to you? How did they arise? I suppose I'm asking you just to share a little bit of where you see yourself right now in your current life and what are you doing and where are you arriving to add value to your current life? So I think this is a result of a lifetime exploration. I have studied philosophy for over 25 years. Well, actually, I started younger with a Western philosophy, but Asian philosophy, it has been very strong in my path for the last more. 25 years or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And one constant is flow, right? Start flowing with your life. And of course, you do this in meditation and it kind of makes sense. And you start that little bit flowing and you think that you're letting go of control, but you're still hooked to your job and to your profession and your family and your possessions. Yeah. And so as I evolved in, in my path, I recognize how attachment uh, was playing a, a very strong part in my life. Attachments to what? To everything. To everything I was attached, to my profession, to my identity, to my family, to my country, to the stuff that I had in my house, yeah. to a routine. And it's fine. I, I Sometimes I miss that attachment and sure. I would like to go back, but I have always been an explorer in my heart. And I have never been able to sit down in a comfort zone. Okay. So I start pushing it harder, moving out of my original city to a tiny town, then working abroad in India as an expat for two years. Then coming back and saying, okay, I'm quitting my corporate job. I need some time and space for me to go deeply into this um, this path of exploration around yeah. philosophy and I want to devote myself to study Tantra. And I started doing that and all of a sudden I was free from a lot of things. One day I woke up and I was, I'm going to get rid of 90% of my stuff. I will become a nomad. And I did that also. Uh, 
And I met my amazing uh, partner. He was sailing. That's how uh-huh. I ended up sailing. And he was like, do you want to come? And I was sure I can come. Yeah. So I started sailing. I think that it's something that I have built inside. And after sailing, what I discovered is I can create the life that I want the way that I want. There yeah. are no rules. I already work online, so there's nothing attaching me strongly to a place. I don't have kids. Uh, so that allows me to be to have a lot of freedom. Sure. And I should take advantage of this because I did decide not to have kids to have this freedom. Yeah. I have to use it before yeah. I'm too old, right? Yeah. So at 40, I was 46 when we started started doing this. I was, okay, I'm ready to, to do this job and... Sailing made me super free because it was tonight you don't know if you're going to get a storm, right? Yeah. And that's the same like saying tonight I don't know where I'm going to sleep. Yeah. I don't have certainty. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I have the certainty that I know how to take care of myself. I have the certainty that I have a lot of skills. I have the certainty that I can work with it's going on around in my life. Yeah. And I want to explore this possibility because it, it builds a lot of surrendering in myself, resilience also, but it brings me new surprises every single day. Wow. So and for me, it's a path of freedom. I am free to go wherever I want, whenever I want. Yeah. As exciting and as terrifying it can yeah. sound. And does it give you a feeling of being more fully alive? Do you feel as if you're living, not so much, I don't like the phrase, on the edge but you're you're actually experiencing i don't even like this phrase best of life i don't know it best i am embracing the tantric aspiration of living this human experience at the, at its most yeah. so going yeah. into the depth of the biggest fear and yeah. also the biggest joy yeah. and also the biggest patient and yeah. also biggest being impatient. So yeah. being able to explore the complete range of the human experience, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And I think it matches like my spiritual journey matches my lifestyle right now. Sure. And that's something that I've always wanted. Yeah. What did you learn about Maida coming across the Pacific? I'm assuming... Were you weeks on your boat coming across the Pacific from Mexico to French Polynesia, which is an island not too far from Australia? (laughs) I think it's closer to Australia than it is to uh, South America. What did you learn about MIDA? And it's interesting. It's not the sailing, but it's what the sailing offers you. It offers you solitude. It offers you space. It offers you horizon of water, all of those experiences, what did they teach you? Well, that's a very beautiful question. First, that I am extremely brave and courageous. That's lovely. I, whenever life has an invitation for me, I will say yes. And I will always say yes to love. No, I started sailing because I was in love. And whenever I find a a person that I want to share my path with, yeah. I will say yes. Yeah. Why? Courageously, because it's it's the thing that I want the most in my life, like my adventure partner, I will always call it like that. Adventure partner. Yeah. So one that I'm 
driven by adventure yeah. partners and yeah. love and courageous. Yeah. And it also made me aware how, how much I had developed of a spiritual practice that allowed me to sit with myself in the middle of the ocean yeah. at night yeah. and do not panic. What was that right? like? Amazing. What was that like? It's a, it's, it's a recognition of we are built with beautiful stuff inside with so many resources that we're not even aware. We're super powerful. So when, when people say you're really powerful inside and they are trying to be powerful, that's the embodiment. Like I'm doing this in the middle of the ocean because there's something inside me to, that allows me to do it. But it's inside everyone, yeah. right? Yeah. But you can only see it in that magnitude once you're yeah. alone in the middle yeah. of the ocean. Learning to, in my case, was learning to sail. I, I did not yeah. have previous yeah. sailing experience. So recognizing how powerful the, the human spirit is. And then you will go to places like, it is amazing that we have created boats and yeah. we have created radars yeah. and we have created sunscreen. And so everything <laughs> becomes like a, a sense of awe and surprise. Yeah. And honoring these, like, how is it? The human spirit, yeah. I know it can be very destructive and most of the time we're looking at that, but it's extremely brave and beautiful and I am here because many human beings before us yeah. opened path for us. Yeah. And I am here because I'm opening path for all the generations that yeah. are behind and yeah. I do it also in behalf of my nephews and nieces yeah. so they know that they are free. Mm. And they can aspire to the mm. life that they, the way that they choose. It doesn't have to be my path. Yeah. This one was mine. But they are free to choose. And this freedom of choice, it's something that I have always fought for. Yeah. Yeah. For me and for others. Yeah. So if it helps inspire someone, mm. I think it's already a very valid journey. Yeah. Can you pinpoint a moment? And when I say a moment, I don't mean a, a click of the fingers moment but maybe a very small period of time, you're coming across the Pacific Ocean and you just have an awe-inspiring, um, heightened awareness experience, and I think you've alluded to it before, of spirit and discovery about how powerful you are. Can you give us the moment and what did you experience? I have many of those. I was Just lucky one will do. To, to have many. One of my favorites is the first sail I did at night. I didn't know at the time, but it, there were really rough conditions. I, I only felt that the boat was really fast and I felt that the waves were really tall, but I didn't have a reference. So I, I didn't know that it was really windy and the, the waves are really tall. So it's, I think it was like my first night shift. So my partner goes and sleeps down below. I'm alone in the cockpit. We use tethers so you, you cannot fall from, well, ideally you could not fall from the boat. And all of a sudden I feel the wind pick up and the, the waves building up. And I feel that a, a massive push that throws me from one side to the cockpit off the other one. I'm completely <laughs> wet. And I'm like, wow, what was that? And it was a huge wave that came into the cockpit. And it was my first moment that I was like, I can fall from this boat. Yeah. Like this is it's really risky. I had not thought about it. I, I left because I was in love. I was not thinking. 
And this sensation, I can die any time. It's a practice that we do a lot uh, in Tantric Buddhism. I can die any second. It's a realization that's there every time in your life. That's very powerful. Yeah. The most powerful part is but I'm not dead yet. Yeah. What do I choose to yeah. do with the parts in which I'm not dead? Yeah. So I just start crying because I re was really uh, scared. Looked up at the skies. I choose to see the beauty yeah. in this creation yeah. while, while I'm alive. Yeah. And that I try to bring to my everyday. Yeah. I just. I choose to see the beauty of the creation every day of my life until I'll die. Wow. Geez, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just listening to it. So much so, I've got to ask, give us another moment. I, but I'm, for some reason or other, I'm thinking of a moment where you just felt enormous peace, solitude, calm, emptiness. Were there any of those moments coming across the Pacific? So I remember I, it was it was also at night. At night we we do shifts, so I, yeah. I can stay a lot of time in the cockpit on my own. And it's different when you're sailing together because you might get distracted. So nights are my favorite sailings. Um, and we were doing this in Fiji. We had had a beautiful, the most beautiful sunset. And I wa it was an amazing night. There was no moon. It was a new moon. And I had bioluminescence going around. There were some dolphins chasing us. And I started <laughs> counting. And I think I counted 17 shooting stars coming down. So it's, it's amazing. No? And the wind, we're using the sails. The wind was perfect. The waves were calm. And the boat was doing amazing. And I'm I'm getting goosebumps, like this is so much beauty, no? Who, whatever created this, it's amazing that it wanted some bioluminescence and shooting stars and dolphins and this moment happening and I felt it inside of my heart and I also wanted you. And I'm like, this creation wants me here. And that's one of the most beautiful sensations I had in my life. Wow. Why did it even bother to create me and to have me witness all this beauty? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the creation wants you and loves you and desires you here. Wow. So all the time, and I've shared that that my path is through relationships. So all the time I have been wanting somebody to want me and desire me. And I have always been wanted and desired for something yeah. bigger. Yeah that thing that wants me here today. Yeah. So that sense of I'm loved by this thing, it's massive. It's it's really hard to explain, but I, this is I this think is you a did concept. a magnificent job of it, um, giving us a description. I suppose the question that's in the back of my mind, what did you realize about Maida in that moment? Like when you felt that and you experienced that, what did you realize about you? in that moment, creation, reaching out to you, flowing through you, being with you and in you. <laughs> what did you realize about you in that moment? That I am really blessed. Blessed or blissed? Blessed. Maybe both. 
Yeah. Elaborate. What does that mean? It's really hard to I know put it in is. words. I know it is. That's why, that's why I'm fascinated to ask the question <laughs> because you're experiencing it and, and, and I can see in your face, I can hear in your voice that you've experienced it. And I, I, I've got an opportunity here to actually understand what it says. So we used to say this a lot and now it has become a cliche. Uh, enjoy the present moment. Yeah. Right. Knowing that you're here, it's it's a blessing. Yeah. And I go back to the other sensation because I could be dead. Yeah, I get it. So it's just knowing that I'm here right now, how lucky am I to be there in that cockpit yeah. or right now here in this interview. Yeah. So it started developing developing a sense how fortunate I am to have this human experience right now. Yeah. And that comes also back to then I don't have to plan that much because the, this moment is more than enough. Wow, wow. Can I attempt to put the two stories together? <laughs> because this is what I'm hearing that I think is a wow for, for anybody listening to this who, who really gets what you're saying. You recognized the impermanence of life, the reality that no one has got a guarantee of even the next second of breathing. And therefore, if we are in touch of the possibility that life can be taken from us in a moment, that we could lose it in a moment, therefore, this leaves us with the, the opportunity to see the beauty and the brilliance of life right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And 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 in the middle of the Pacific there, you are able to experience that brilliance of the moment in that night where the stars were out, the seas were right, and you felt totally connected with life itself. Mm -hmm. How did I go? Perfect. I love that description. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm like, oh, that was a very nice trip. <laughs> well, thank you for the awareness and, uh, and the learning. There is something that you said that I, that I do find very, very interesting. You said that, that in that moment where you've got the stars, I'm imagining no clouds. I'm imagining it's you and the Pacific you're not far from Fiji, you mentioned. And you said that you felt as if the creation, creator, the energy, the force, I don't know what you call it, but somehow it assured you of an infinite love. You didn't use the word infinite, but I think that's what you inferred, right? If you experienced that infinite love and you know that it exists for you, does that dilute your dependency on human love? Like if you know that that's available and, and it can flow through you and it is you and you are with it and you are in it, then human love, while a beautiful thing in itself, it's not the dependent love. 
it can become a gift love because you're already love. Is that a question? <laughs> I, I think it's a statement, but I'm trying to turn it into a question. And the question is, did it help you to recognise that if you are what you heard and felt that night, then dependency on human love is not necessary? Mm, for me, it's a little bit different. Yeah, please. Because I do have a human experience, and yeah. I have a human experience for something. So I have both. Tantra is a non-dualist path. I have this awareness experience with the creation, yeah. and also I have this human experience as a woman Beautiful. and as a partner. And is it, yeah, what yeah. do I choose to do with both? I don't have to choose. I can have both. So one, I can receive this limited kind of amount from the, the awareness. What do I want to do? What I choose is to fill up myself with that love. Yeah. And whatever is left, I choose to share. With wow. whom? For me, with my partner. Yeah. Because I, I love being in a relationship as much as, as it has represented a lot of challenges for me in my life. Yeah. But this is what I want to do. I want to have this resource to share. Yeah. And I do it through my job and I do it also through friendship and through family and I try. Sure. No? Yeah. Sometimes I do a very trashy job, <laughs> but I try. So for me, it's, I don't have to choose. I get it. I can have both. And this is, for me, you were asking me earlier before the podcast, what is Tantra? And I think this is the actual answer, no? Wow. There are many spiritual paths that make you choose. No, Do you want to become awareness and enlightenment? You have to sit down in meditation, be silent, quit your job, be celibate, uh, fast, do not eat, like leave your human life behind. Yeah. Tantra, at least the Kaula tradition or the left-handed traditions, um, it's a different standpoint it's yeah. we all want this we all want this consciousness we all want this awareness we we were we were born with this desire of awareness and consciousness but we have a human experience and we have to go to work and we have to earn money and we have to cook and we have to eat and most of us want to have sex right yeah. that that's why tantra does not exclude sexuality we confuse yeah. it with only sex yeah. but it it's not that it that it doesn't exclude it yeah can we have both? And then they started creating these practices. We can have both. You yeah. can get awareness through sex, through yeah. food, through power, through work, through whatever you do in your life. You don't have to choose because you were not made to choose. You were made human with a capacity with this connection. Yeah. Do both. Yeah. So tell us... Go back, give us a bit of the history of Tantra because you are a Tantrika. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just felt as if I was Anthony Antonio Balderas there in the Mark of Zorro. Tantrika. <laughs> Tantrika. No, I'd like to say it again, please. Tantrika. Tantrika. You heard it, listeners. Um, you're, you're a Tantrika healer. But give us the history of, of Tantrika. Tantra is a, a spiritual Tantra. path uh, that was born many years ago, India, Nepal, Tibet, that area. Wow. 
It's a predecessor of Buddhism, Hinduism. Yeah. So it's very, very ancient. And there are many different schools. So we we try to understand Asian traditions as the Westerns, that we have very structured and organized teachings in one Bible, in one book, in one teacher. Yeah. These are vast traditions that are organized in many gurus or teachers. For me, they are similar to our philosophers, right? Yeah. So you have like a lot of philosophers writing and writing about what they want. The school that I chose, which comes mostly from uh, Kashmir and the Shivaist uh, tradition. That's Hinduism? Yes, please help me out. No, that it's called like that. It's Shivaist Tantra. Okay. So it's before okay. wow. Hinduism. So I started studying that. And I am being very close to Buddhist tantric tra traditions like Kadampa traditions, Bon traditions. So I, I'm coming from different schools of thoughts, yeah. which are very similar, yeah. which are very similar to Buddhism also, which are yeah. very similar for, for us to shadow work or somatic work, because it was brought from, from India, Nepal, eh, all of these eh, different disciplines. But it is a path that, as I just explained, no, it's how to use your everyday life and everyday activities wow. to enlighten yourself. Do enlighten not yourself. Enlighten. That's a big do phrase. Not, do, not, do not try to act like a Buddha in this life. Yeah. Try to act like a human being that's trying to get enlightened. Okay. Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not enlightened. No. So... You don't have to sit and meditate two hours in a cushion. You're, you're welcome. If you wa want to do it, you will see a lot of benefits. You don't have to meditate. You have mm. to try to enlighten right now in mm. this, doing this podcast. Mm. Try to enlighten when you're sailing. Mm. Try to enlighten in the middle of a storm. Mm. Try to enlighten when you're having sex, when you're cooking, when you're teaching. Choose who you want to be. So yeah. it's, it's a path of freedom, choosing and the, what we said at the beginning, this aspiration. Yeah. Where do I want to get? Yeah. I want to get through enlightenment, but I'm not going to live in a monastery. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Um, if, I, if I took the word tantra, if I went down to the local grocery store and I surveyed a hundred people and I just said tantra, Tell me, please, the first word that comes to your mind. I have this feeling, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but out of 100 people maybe in this country, probably in another country it would be different, but in, in, in Australia, I think words like sex and intimacy would probably be a word that I would hear a lot in response to that. But tantra, by your description, is much broader than that response. And and why we only hear sex when we listen to Tantra is because sex is a human experience. Yes. So if Tantra is a path of human experience and awareness, yes. human experience involves sex. Yeah. So instead of saying sex is, is wrong, yes. we will not use sex as a spiritual practice and we should not do it. It's like, okay, the awareness wanted to experience sex. Why? And how can we use it as a way to enlighten ourselves? Wow. So what happened is when Westerns started uh, traveling to these areas, 
they were really surprised that they could open, openly talk about sex, like a spiritual practice. Because in our cultures, sex has been shamed and blamed and a taboo, and it's a massive issue for our Judeo-Christian philosophies, right? And yes, and yes, It's a yes. sin, and it's dirty. Yeah. So when we get there as, as Westerns, we're like, wow, that's amazing. Let's bring some of that, and let's become sexually liberated. So the only, the, mostly the biggest part that we brought, it was the sexual part because we needed that so much. Okay. And we did not study the rest of it, which yeah. is fine because we already have our Catholic philosophy and that if we really studied that would be more than enough. Yeah. And this added only and this sexual liberation. Yeah. So it's not that Tantra is only sexuality. Yeah. But this is a path, the, the part that we brought to the West because it was very needed. Yes. And it makes sense that we only brought that part because the other part is It's too much for us. Right? Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I'm about to um, uh, show my ignorance. But does Tantra education, or you are a Tantra or a Tantrika healer, does this allow us to see and experience sexuality and intimacy in a more enlightened spiritual way rather than just a physical act? Well, it, it's, it helps us to see it as a path of enlightenment yeah. through a human experience. Yeah. So the first thing that we learn, sexuality is human. We all come from a human act. We all find pleasure in sex. Yeah. And we can all find different kind of conscious states through sexuality. Wow. So while some people, and it's very respectable, that's their path, would use power plants, ayahuasca, peyote, um, and that psychedelics, right? Sure. Other people in Tantra, we also use breathwork, for example, but yeah. some only use breathwork. Uh -huh. Some practices, not all of them, in Tantra involves sexuality to get to these states of consciousness. Wow. So it's knowing that through your human experience and your sexuality, which is your origin, I don't know why we have so much shame around sex. We all came through sex, yeah, right? Yeah. It's the most natural thing. Yeah. So you can get these consciousness states through sexuality. What do you mean by conscious state? The, these ecstasies, right? These realizations yeah. of having an orgasm, what I just said, no? And all of a sudden I felt that creation wanted me here. Yeah. Well, you can get to that state through sex. Well, you can touch creation? Yes. Through, you, you need to be through trained, the, right? Through the ecstasy yes. of, a, of an orgasm? Or not even an orgasm, just being uh, present in the moment of a sexual encounter. Ah. And you can take your partner Yeah. to the same space. Wow. Or you can reach together, which is also beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but that's knowing, how, understanding how to work with your body, your breath, your movement, your energy, your consciousness. Wow. So it, sexuality can actually open a portal of transformation and of very deep realizations. Yeah, yeah. Is this defining a, a, a purpose Um, a, a focus 
that one needs to have in their life in order to go there? And how would you describe that purpose and focus? Do you understand I what I'm asking? I think it's the, yeah. so the difference is mostly the intention. Yeah. If you go to a yoga class. Yeah and do not have an intention of enlightenment or transcending your whatever you want to transcend that day in your yoga class. That's why we work with sankalpas and intentions, and that's very strong in the Asian traditions. You only end up stretching. Yeah. If you go with the consciousness that you want to put awareness in your human experience, then you will get a realization through your yoga practice. Yeah. Some days. Because you're human, you will not get that realization every single day. Yeah. If you sit to meditate, and I'm quoting, and you don't have an intention, then you're just sitting in silence. Yeah. If you have the intention to enlighten through meditation, then that's a different practice. Wow. So in Tantra, for me, and, and we have to understand that everybody has a different interpretation of Tantra because it's a personal path, right? For me, is living my life with the intention of being in alignment with my human experience and this creation or awareness at yeah. the same time. Yeah. So it's constant. I yeah. don't have to do anything. Yeah. yeah. I have to live my life with intention. Yeah, yeah. Before we started the podcast, you actually said to me something which is now coming even more to life. You said, um, could, could, could you announce what your intention is for this podcast? So you were even aiming to bring greater meaning than just a shared discussion. Exactly. Um, is it okay if I asked you, what was your intention for this podcast, please? Yeah, today, and, and this is an intention that has come through my life very potently, is may all this that we share today can reduce the pain of men. Men? Especially Why? the ones that are close in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tell us more about the, the issue, the challenge for men. What are you seeing is... Is their, uh, their blockage? What are you seeing as their opportunity? I, I don't think they are blocked. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we're living in very interesting times in which we have created and built a very strong networks for women to, for us to feel safe, for us to be seen. We're, we're still lacking those, I, I have to acknowledge. And we have failed on creating the same kind of network for men. And yeah. that's hurting the complete uh, system. Yeah. Uh, because we have not been compassionate with the male experience. No? Wow. I have worked with men all my life. I'm an architect and a project manager. So I have, I've been surrounded with people in construction. I have had directive positions, so I have worked with CEOs, CFOs. And when I left corporate, they, they started, I started working with women for the Mexican government. And we were working in domestic violence. No? And they will come and it's horrible experience, terrifying. We will provide them a lawyer, a psychologist, money, a safe place to stay. And then I will be like, where's the partner? 
and they were, were chasing him out. No, he will be in jail in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are we providing him any support? Like, are, are we aware that he's yeah. also a human being and yeah. they are both suffering? Yeah. And I think that we are not wanting to acknowledge the suffering of, of men. I, I don't understand why. Uh -huh. So it came again, like, okay, then I will continue my practice, but I will also certify like a specialist in male sexuality and in male's relationship. Mm -hmm. And these CEOs and CFOs that I have worked with very closely as an architect in the past started reaching out. Yeah. And what I found is so much pain, so much lack of space yeah. and communication and nobody being able to translate to them what's going on yeah. in in their lives. And I have seen this in, in my partners also. I have been in many relationships and, and the amount of, of wounding that we both have. But I, right now, I went through a breakup, right? Yeah. I made As in how recent? Two months ago. Yeah. I made two phone calls, no? Two very, two, one guy that I had seen once in my life. And he offered me an amazing place to stay in Byron Bay. No strings attached. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful cabin. Yeah. He took care of me. He cooked for me. He hugged me when I was crying. Yeah. He took me to the store. He was really present for me. And he was an amazing human being. Yeah. And the other one was to a guy that has been close in my life. Very, very close to me. He did not even doubt it. And he was, you have my unconditional support. Yeah. So if you need money if you need me to buy you a ticket back if you need me to fly right now and stay with you if you need a therapist you should not come back because i was sick i was having covid at, at that time yeah but don't come back because you're gonna struggle coming back so fast so stay you're in shock you need to stay with those two calls my life was solved he was on the phone guiding me through the trains in sydney Another man saw me crying. He gave me his card for the train with $40 for me to get to the airport because I had to fly from Sydney to Brisbane. Another guy stopped me and gave me some cookies and asked me if I was okay. Another guy came running after me because I have left my sweater on the Starbucks because I was like just a mess. They were guiding me through the airport. They were amazing support right yeah. and I had not called my friends when I called my friends that got on steroids right I got therapists lawyers witches whatever I wanted I don't think he got the same support yeah I don't think he even knew who to call yeah and that's devastating yeah. right yeah we all need this yeah and whenever in my experience working with clients Whenever they come, they have already tried going to a psychoanalysis, right? Where they just tag them. You're a narcissist. You are emotionally numb. You will never feel. You're wrong. You're broken. You're depressed. You're a mess. You're yeah. violent. You do not know how to control your rage. You're broken and you'll be, you, we will never fix you, yeah. right? And they, they come with this brokenness. And it's really heart crushing to witness it. And we, we really need to start sharing with them other alternatives, right? So if you start sharing with them Buddhism, you know, the, the first concept is be gentle to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're only a human being. We're expecting yeah. men to be perfect. Yeah. 
And they are not perfect, they are human beings. Yeah. So I believe that we, for me, this is the intention right now. Yeah. And it's very a very powerful calling. I want to share this with them because for me, it made it easier. It made my life easier. Yeah. And yeah. I want them to have it easier. Also. Sure, sure. Bring it to life for us. And of course, this next question is not asking you to announce a client. You wouldn't do that. You're too professional. Um, but you, there may be the story of a client. And in that story, we can understand, one, where a man, perhaps reflective of many other men, was at. But as a result of your work with him, I don't like that word, your energy with him, your support of him, what you were able to offer him, he was able to arrive at a different perspective of himself, um, a different place. Can you give us a story of one that perhaps represents many men and how your healing work was able to support him? Like most of them are breathtaking. I remember one. I, I remember it really a lot because the way that it started, it was with a phone call. I need you to see me tomorrow. I have an emergency. So in LinkedIn, I, I think that my title is something like pleasure specialist or <laughs> sex guidance. I don't know. And he got my phone number from LinkedIn. I get most of my clients come from LinkedIn. Link and I like, You're saying LinkedIn? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. So okay. it, it was like, how can somebody have a pleasure emergency? And it was a Sunday. And it would see me at Sunday, like 7 a.m. I knew who he was. He owns many companies in my country. Like I, I saw his name, so it, I know who he is. I know who he has been married. He's very public and he's, he, he allows me to share his story uh, without identifying him. So I'm like, it's, it's really weird that this powerful guy have a pleasure emergency. I, I'll, I'll take it out of curiosity, no? even if I hate working on weekends. So I wake up really early. I turn on my Zoom. My work is online. I open the, the screen. I see him. He's super charming. He's one of the most um, uh, chaste bachelors in my country. He has, I know he has been divorced for two years because he's very public also. Very handsome, amazing house. His mansion, no, he was in his beach house. So I could see the beach and I was like, what's going on? And he, he tells me, thank you for coming. I'm struggling a lot and I'm, I'm really worried. Because I went to my therapist yesterday before I called you. And she told me that it's urgent that I get an appointment with a psychiatrist, that I should go there on tomorrow, Monday. Uh -huh. I have the appointment. She thinks that I need to get medicated because I am a sex addict. And I saw you, I, I had wrote something on Instagram. Did you say sex, sex addict? addict. Okay. And I don't know what to do. So you're my last resource. Should I go to the psychiatrist or, or is, can I work in a different way my addiction to sex? Yeah. And I'm like, well, well that's, very, that's a very bold diagnose, right? And I am, can I ask you some questions first? And he says, yes. Do, 
your your sexuality is it is it consensual yeah. he, yes between adults yes are you doing something illegal no of course i know that you are productive because i know who you are yeah. does it allow you to do your work yes and i know you have kids do you parent well and he's like yes and i said i I don't see any sign of sex addiction. I, like I'm not understanding the problem. How did this therapist came with this diagnosis? He said, well, I do have like three girlfriends and I like to have sex a lot. Like I could have, I, he told me how many hours of sex and it's like unbelievable, no? And I was, okay, do, do they know that you have more than one partner? Yes, they, they know that I don't want to commit. And I'm like, I don't think you have a sex addiction. I think that you have a very high uh, libido. Yeah. And that's it. Congratulations. Your <laughs> girlfriends are really lucky. Of course, if you want to work with tantric practices, we can do breath work and stuff for you to channelize your energy and stuff like that. But I, I would recommend you to, one, change your therapist to get, get away from that psychiatrist because we don't know what they are going to medicate you with. And the amazing part, he starts crying. But crying. I, I will never forget his eyes yeah. and the pain that I saw in that moment in that beautiful man. Yeah. And how much suffering he had been going through this uh, experience. And he told me I, something that I will never forget. All my life they have told me that I have to be successful, powerful, a millionaire and have as many women that I want. Today I have it and they want to medicate me. Yeah. This is not fair. Yeah. When he says they, who are they that Society. want Society. Now that's fascinating because... His family, the media, the culture, the woman, yeah. the men, his friends. Yeah. It's the expectation we all have. And I think this is a shared expectation for every single man in the world. Yeah. You have to be powerful, successful, had a lot of money, had a lot of women. Yeah. But if you want it too much, you're wrong. So yeah. you will never win. Yeah. You will always be wrong. Yeah. For women, it's also the same. Yeah. In a different aspect. But this is what shows up a lot in, in my practice. Bring your work to life for us just one more time with another example of the type of situation that you may be called in to assist and how your work then offered, I, I hesitate to use the word solution, but how your work then offered support, allowing the individual to arrive at a different place. I just want to fully understand the beauty of what you do. Hmm. Thank you for this recognition. This was an, another amazing man, very successful also. Uh, and he has also allowed me to share his story. How we were sitting in his amazing office, uh, very powerful. And we were talking about the pandemic and I was like exploring. I knew he was really nervous. He didn't actually wanted me there. His sister took me there because he was, she was like, something's wrong with my brother and I want you to meet him. And I was there like randomly. We had worked in the past together. And I'm sharing, how are you, right? And he started sharing, like, my kids have let, left to college in Mexico. If you have that chance, 
they will go to study abroad. So they are already in Europe and US studying. And now I'm with my wife and I'm like, I'm really curious, how's that going? No, because the empty nest is an issue. And he starts getting really anxious and nervous. And he tells me it's, it has been really hard, right? I do not have anything in common with this woman, but she's a good woman. I will never divorce her, but we don't have anything in common. And I'm starting to have this feeling and he starts crying again. I have the, the honor to see men in tears and I, I really feel honored. And I, I'm starting to feel that for her, I have always been an ATM and that's it. What's that again? I'm starting to feel that for her, I am just an ATM where she gets money from. ATM? Yes. Oh, a ATM like machine. a bank machine. I'll get you, yeah. And she only wants money from me to yeah. travel. But we don't have anything in common. And I was like, okay, that, that's really, must be really hard. So we started the exploration about what he wanted. And I thought she, he was going to start, like, I want to have 20 lovers younger than me, right? It's the same, many women, more power, more money. He wanted her to wait for him in the kitchen with a sandwich and have dinner with him <laughs> on the kitchen table and uh -huh. ask him how his day was <gasps> and tell him that he, she was proud of him. Yeah, I'm tearing up. That's what he really wanted. Yeah. It took us some sessions. Yeah for him to discover what he was needed, yeah. needing. He had been in, also in therapy for five years. And he told me, I have not been able to share this with my therapist. Yeah. They don't even have the space to say, hey, I, it's not that I want sex right all the time. I yeah. want you to tell me you're proud of me. Yeah. And ask me how my day was. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this is, um, I think this has been an amazing episode <laughs> of A Journey with Bernie. Maida, I spoke to you, you know, prior to us sitting down here that the purpose of A Journey with Bernie is to hear people's stories and for us to glean from their story what strategies or actions you know what disciplines do they have what what ways of seeing the world seeing life have they chosen that help them to become a more loving human being to help them generate and inspire within themselves greater inner happiness and, and therefore bring, you know, more meaning to their lives. Your, your focus and your experiences and your journey that, that, that I think has, you've been communicating your journey right throughout this hour plus without talking about it specifically. Mm -hmm. I mean, for those that have got ease, ears to hear, this is a woman who is committed and dedicated to the elixir of life, seeking to maximise 
the human life experience. So therefore, in your journey, and I don't often ask this question. No, I'm scared. No, don't be scared. Don't <laughs> no, be I have scared. to be great. <laughs> no, no, no. The question is simple. What is love? Hmm. You know, you've had you had the experience of it in one sense on the Pacific Ocean heading towards Fiji. You speak about it so humanly and in in another sense when you when you allude to your partnership and your want for a beautiful partnership in your life. Um you you work in a way with the concept of intimate love. So putting all that together in a single sentence or two, what is love? What is love? That's an amazing question. For me, love is the true essence of who I am that I have forgotten, but I came to this human experience to remember everything. You know what? Sometimes I get something from the person that I'm interviewing that I just think is a wow. I think that was a wow. Hmm. And every time I hear a wow, I've got to ask them to repeat it, please. <laughs> For me, love yeah. is the essence of who I am. And I have forgotten. And I'm here to remember that through my human experience. Are you therefore suggesting this also is available to all? You, 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 you've given us a definition of what love is, but you've phrased it in a way that this is your perception. But are you dare suggesting that this pathway, this journey, is available to all of us, that all of us have, can come to this recognition that we are love, but we have forgotten it, but through the human experience we can discover it and be it? I hope so. <laughs> I, th I think you took what we Australians then call an even money bet. <laughs> Which is, you hope so. I think, I think, and you can respond to this, I think you know so. I think you know that it's available to everyone on the human journey. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, sure, I, I cannot talk for anybody else's yeah, experience. Yeah, but you mean But uh, today my hope is, because it's also the hope for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. You said something earlier on which fascinates me too. Like here you are and there's many listeners um, you know, taking in everything that you're saying um, and, and they're hearing your journey. And yet you said something before that you've been rather crappy. I think you used the word crappy about loving friends and family and partners and, and maybe relationships haven't gone as well as you have, you have thought. Um, uh, how do you explain that? <laughs> what I mean by that is here, here is you on the journey 
of discovery. And I mean, compared to a lot, you really take it on. You're not mucking around with the discovery journey. And yet you're saying, I have a lot of crappy experiences. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm the first to admit it. I've done a terrible job. Yesterday I was, I was talking to a friend and I was, I suck at relationships. Like I have, I have made every single mistake and I can see where I have been wrong and I can see how I have not hold space for my partner and I can see all, all my issues just showing up like crazy and me not being mature and not setting boundaries like you I can girl. see I super I'm <laughs> the worst at having uh, relationships and I was sharing this with with her like but I'm still coaching people this is super weird uh, she told me no but you're still coaching people and you coach me and, and actually your your things work and I say of course if you wanted to fix your car, you would want to take it to a, to a mechanic that has broken cars down, right? Yeah. yeah. So I have been there. Yeah. I, I have been there doing a trashy job. Yeah. That also means that I have learned. Yeah. And this is what I want to share, these learnings that I've had. And I, I also find it really... Interesting, and I would love that narrative to change. How people is like, okay, your relationship, it's over, you have failed. And I do that to myself, right? Oh, we broke up, so we failed. <laughs> they never tell you once you're out of college, oh, you failed, you're done with college, right? You failed. No, you passed. Yeah. So I have not failed my past relationships. I passed. Yeah. I'm on a different level now. Yeah. Maybe now I'm I'm achieving a PhD in relationships by yeah. by studying so hard on my personal experience. Yeah. So uh, this is where where I come from. Yeah. I have missed it so much, and I wanted to make it right for me and for the rest of the people. Yeah. And if me messing up sheds light on somebody that's going through the same experience. Yeah. I would rather use my pain in, with that purpose what a beautiful than thing. to keep it just for myself. Yeah, yeah. Finish it off. Finish it off. What, therefore, do you believe you have to, I don't do, um, learn, apply in order to enhance your experience? of that loving journey that you spoke of before. What's ahead for you? Well, what's top of mind at the moment for you to become a more loving human being? Learning, uh, remembering to listen to myself. Who do I want to become? Wow. And honoring that who I want to become in this moment for myself and share that being with the rest of the people. Yeah, including maybe a loving partner to come. Yeah. But not to compromise that authentic self. Yes? Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tomorrow. So <laughs> we'll see what life throws in there. But it's interesting, I think in your answer there, you, you almost gave a definition of your, your tantra healing too. 
you know, the, um, the enlightenment of the human um, experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm sure this won't be our last experience. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I do want to thank you for the enlightenment that you brought to this episode. It is such a difference, Mida. If you had a chance to listen to the previous 36 or 37 episodes, you know, none of them have touched on, 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 on this topic of, uh, of Tantra. Uh, from a tantrika healer. <laughs> um, so it, it, it has brought great variance to the journey with Bernie journey. <laughs> thank you very much. And for I this do place. want to thank you, you know, ever so much. And um, hey, if anybody listening to this wanted to get in touch with you, I'd rather them hear from you rather than me direct them to the show notes. How would they get in touch with you if they wanted to tap into your great experiences and your expertise? Mm, that's, a, that's a great question. Have, I'm you, got, have, you, got a phone, have you got a phone number? So, yeah. I can, is it any good? Yeah, you can contact me. Maybe the only way to contact me is in my WhatsApp. So your that, WhatsApp? Yes. And should they put in, they'd have to put in a number? Yes. Are you okay with this? Because we can always leave, I can always leave it to the show notes. I can do it here and you can do it in the show notes. As I, well. I, I love receiving WhatsApps from strangers. Okay. And <laughs> so the number is? Plus 5244-3471-2756. People don't write that quickly. Say it plus again, please. Two, five two. <laughs> plus 52. Five six. Five six. If you don't find me there, my personal email is a little bit weird. Yeah. Sexy lazy witch at gmail. No, we won't go there. Dot com. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> Maida Reyes from Mexico. Far more than that, of course. Thank you ever so much for being uh, a part of this, uh, for being this episode and for being part of what we all call. A journey with Bernie. <laughs> Cheers, Mida. Cheers. I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. Dear people, I loved it. I just love investigating and exploring these learning opportunities that each one of our guests provides. I hope it's the same for you. Of course, you may be after contact and connection details or references to any books that were made during the podcast. Why not go to the podcast notes? All the information is there for you, dear people. Some of you have rung me recently about joining our Nepalese adventures in 2023. Can you imagine it? You and I walking to Everest Base Camp over 14 glorious days or a similar time frame to visit the Gokyo Lakes and seeing the Himalayan vista outlined in front of us. What a beautiful experience for each and every one of us. All you have to do is ring plus six one four one two nine eight two four four four. Have a chat with me and I'll have an information kit to you in no time. And why would you even consider doing this? Well, 
It's just all about the journey of life. And here yet is another opportunity. Just embrace it, dear people. Love your journey and always remember. Remember.